You're about to listen to another inspiring word from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. For more information and interaction with House on the Rock, please visit our website on hotr.org.uk. Open your Bibles to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy and chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Amen. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, we're going to read verse 11 to 14, and then we're going to jump and read verse 19 and 20 of Deuteronomy chapter 30. Um, if you are in the house, I'd ask that you rise up for the reading of God's holy word. You might do that at home also, if you want to, um, in honor of the second person of the Trinity, the living word of God. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 11 to 14, and then verse 19 and verse 20. Here beginneth the reading of God's word. For this commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it too far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it down to us, that we may hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear it and do it. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may know it. Then jump to verse 19. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God and that you may obey his voice and that he, you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, to give them. My focus is on verse 19 where he said, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. This portion of scripture was the benediction of Moses in his final days before he departed this life. Moses was the one that had penned the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. The question is, how did Moses know to start telling us about things that he was not alive for? Well, Moses had asked to see the face of God, and God had said, you cannot see my face and live, but I will show you my hinder parts. Woo! I will hide you in the cleft of the rock, and I will show you my hinder parts, which is, I will show you my past. <laughs> I believe that it was in that a revelation when God showed Moses that Moses got the download of creation. He was not born, he was not alive when creation happened, but God gave him that download and he was able to tell us, give us the revelatory insight into eternity past to tell us of creation and how it took place. And it is this same Moses at the end of his earthly life that comes to the conclusion uh, as the Israelites were at the border of the promised land, 
that like a judge in a law court, he, he speaks to us as jurors, jurors uh, with whom the final decisions lie, and he calls as witnesses uh, heaven and earth uh, that before us is now a life and death, blessing and cursing, and he tells us the jurors that it, the choice is ours. The simple subject of my meditation this Sunday morning is the choice is yours. Help me tell your neighbor through your mask or your face shield, the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Mighty Father, I ask that you help me in this next number of moments, that you speak through me, that you cause my tongue to be as the pen of the red writer, that I might inscribe upon the hearts of the men and women here your living truth, and by reason of that truth, will be elevated to a new level of experience with you. Reveal to us the choices that are available to us to make and liberate us like never before, O oh God. Let the blessing indeed be in this house, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. As you take your seat, whisper, the choice is mine, the choice is mine. You get to choose. You get to choose. Uh, Moses in these statements here quickly reveals to us that there are two parties in the world. There are two parties in the world, life and death, blessing and cursing. And he tells us to choose. Uh, and just in case we don't know what to choose, Moses goes ahead speaking on behalf of God to tell us what to choose. He tells us to choose life. So in other words, this is an open book examination. I'm not just giving you the exam, I'm also telling you the answer to the exam. The problem with a lot of believers is that we refuse to open the book, even though it's an open book examination. And then we complain that we are failing the exam. You see, this is a key distinguishing characteristic of human beings and an inherent right that all human beings have, which is the right to choose. This is part of what really makes us human. The right to choose is what verifies love. The right to choose is what confirms love. The right to choose is what validates love. What do I mean? The choices you make reveal what you love. If I want to know what you love, all I need to do is look at your choices. Your choices reveal what you love. The power and right to choose was given to us by God, but by it, by, because by it only is love known to be genuine. Because if I had no choice, how would I know that you truly love me? I didn't have a choice. So for love to be genuine, God had to give us the power to choose, the right to choose, for love to be real and not forced. Love, therefore, can only be proven in the context of choices made. The right to choose. The right to choose is a supreme human right. So we rebel against anything that would attempt to deny us the right to choose. 
For example, in, in, the, in, the, in the choice or the decision as to whether to take or not to take the vaccination, you have a right to choose. <laughs> as much as I would strongly recommend and give you multiple reasons why you should take the vaccination, guess what? With the same fervor, I would defend your right to choose to not take it. For the life of me, I don't understand why you wouldn't take it, but I'm not going to rob you of your right to choose to not take it. You can choose to not take it. I highly recommend that you do, not just for yourself, but for multiple people. But I will fight, I will stand up and fight for your right to say, no, I ain't taking it. And I find that this is also God's stance. God places before you life and death, blessing and cursing, and he tells you the answer to the question by telling you to choose life, but he will protect your right to not choose life, but rather death. It breaks his heart that you choose to go to hell, but he's not going to violate your right to choose to go there. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying this Sunday morning? I don't know for the life of me why you would choose to do that, but I will stand in defense of your right to do so. But with every choice, there are consequences of your choice. So listen to me. Whatever you choose to do, make sure you are ready to live with the consequences and in some situations, die with the consequences. Because there's a consequence for every choice you make. But my real contemplation today is not really the mechanics of choice. That's a discussion for another day, a message that I would definitely preach at some point in time because it's so integral to the human condition. But my preoccupation today is actually with the options that are presented before us to choose from. He says, I present before you, I have called heaven and earth against you to record this, that I have put before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose. This unveils that there are two parties already available in the earth and the choice is yours as to what party you will follow. Will you follow the blessing or will you follow the curse? Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? The binary op op options that are presented to us of blessing and cursing are like Jesus and Satan. Now, these two parties are definitely opposite. Uh, blessing is opposite to curse. Jesus is opposite to Satan. And because they're opposite, a lot of the times, we jump to the conclusion that they are equal opposites. But I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning, they are opposites, but they are not equal opposites. They are opposite, but they are not equal. Uh, unfortunately, the way some of us have become experts in causology, studying the curse, we are so afraid of the curse that it would even seem that the curse is superior to the blessing. But that devil is a liar. 
the curse and the blessing are opposites. But let me tell you the truth this Sunday morning. The blessing is superior to the curse. Just as Jesus is superior in every way to Satan. You know, sometimes you think of God and the devil and you think they are equal opposites. No, they are not because God is the creator and Satan is a created being. He was not created as Satan. He was created as Lucifer, the covering angel, the angel of light. It was when he fell that he fell that he became Satan. The blessing is superior to the curse. Another way that I know that the blessing is superior to the curse is because the blessing came first. In the book of Genesis chapter 1 and verse 28, it says, and God blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion. So God didn't start by just simply saying, be fruitful. He started by blessing them. It starts with the blessing. If you are going to be successful in your Christian life, it's actually going to start with you understanding that it starts with the blessing. Before God commanded man to be fruitful and the other steps, uh, he said he blessed them. This starts to reveal to us, listen closely, what the blessing is. The blessing is power. It would not have been right for God to command them to be fruitful if he did not give them the wherewithal to be fruitful. And the wherewithal to be fruitful was the blessing. Because he blessed them, he could therefore tell them that they should be fruitful. I have given you the power. So therefore, the blessing is power. Can I put it this way? The blessing is empowerment to prosper. I like to define the blessing like this. The blessing is a tangible spirit ritual force that causes prosperity and success wherever it is and wherever it goes. The blessing is divine enablement. Uh, God would have been unjust to command fruitfulness if he didn't first of all give them the power with, it, with which they could be fruitful. And that power is the blessing. We often define the blessing by the effects of the blessing. But the effects of the blessing are not the blessing. We see leaves moving across the face of the earth, and we say that is the wind. And we, I understand why we say that is the wind, but the truth be told, that is not the wind, that is the effect of the wind. If there were no leaves moving across the earth, and no sensation in your body to feel the wind, it does not mean that the wind is absent. Is anybody hearing me what I'm saying? Yakabutasa. Uh, this is the demarcation between the blessing and blessings. Blessings are the outward expression the fruit, the effect of the blessing. <laughs> what we call blessings are the effect of the blessing. The blessing is the source of the blessings. The blessing is the root to the fruit. Ah, yeah. The bearing of the apple fruit is proof that this is an apple tree, right? When I see apple fruit on that tree, then I say, this must be an apple uh, um, tree because the fruit proved that it's an apple tree. But my question to you, 
is that before it bore apple fruit, was it an apple tree? When it was seeds and sown in the ground, was it an apple tree? When it initially came out of the ground, was it an apple tree? When it grew and it started to give out branches, was it an apple tree? It, it was an apple tree throughout the process of its growth, not just at the point where it bore fruit. Oh, I don't know whether you hear me what I'm saying. And this is where you start to understand that you are blessed even when the fruit of your blessing is not showing up yet. Is anybody hear me what I'm saying? Just as surely as the apple tree was still an apple tree when it was in the ground, when it was hadn't borne fruit, when it, all it had was leaves, it was still an apple I have an apple tree in the back of my house. There ain't no fruit on the apple tree yet. But guess what? It's still an apple tree. Can I preach to somebody like I feel it this Sunday morning that you aren't showing the the blessing yet, the blessings yet, does not mean that you are not blessed. Do I have any blessed people under the sound of my voice? I might ha not have anything to show for it right now. I might not have the money, the car, the house, or all the effects that people associate with blessing, but I refuse that anybody will convince me otherwise. I am blessed. So, listen. My blessed status is not defined by my temporal appearance because my appearance right now is temporary. <laughs> my real status is eternal. Ah, how do I know? Let me tell somebody this Sunday morning. You were born blessed. You are born blessed. It's not what you did or what you didn't do. You are either born into it or you are not born into it. And I ain't talking about your earthly birth. I'm talking about your spiritual birth. For if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All things have become new. If you are born again, you are born blessed. What qualifies you for the blessing and its effects are the way you were born. I was born blessed. If you believe that you were born blessed, come and shout it out loud. This Sunday morning, I was born blessed. Uh, listen, Joseph was born blessed. Oh uh, yeah, he, he didn't do anything to deserve to be blessed. He was just born blessed, born highly favored. Uh, and there was nothing anybody could do to change his status. In the pit, Jesus, uh, G Joseph was still blessed. Sold into slavery, Joseph was still blessed. In Potiphar's house, Joseph was still blessed. Falsely accused, Joseph was still blessed. Put in prison, Joseph was still blessed. Now in the palace, there was no difference. He was as blessed in the palace as he was in the pit. It wasn't the situation that defined his blessing. He was blessed and his blessing made the situation had to conform to his reality that I am blessed. Do I have any blessed people under the sound of my voice? Come and shout yes. 
Somebody has been waiting for some outward sign to make them feel that they are blessed. I came to renew your mind this Sunday morning. You've got to agree that you are already blessed before any outward sign shows up because the just shall live by faith. Give God the glory this Sunday morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So we now understand that the blessing came first. So the question is that when did the curse come into the picture? I'll tell you how the curse came into the picture. The blessing came first and the blessing set everything in motion. Adam and Eve were born blessed. They didn't do anything to be blessed. They were just born blessed. God blessed them and God said be fruitful. Everything that God created was good. Everything that God created was already blessed. So how did the curse come in on the scene? I'm going deep this Sunday morning, and you're going to be liberated. I'll tell you how. The curse came in on the scene through disobedience. Disobedience was the doorway through which the curse came in on the scene. The disobedience of Adam and Eve was the doorway for the curse. But the question must be asked, why did Adam and Eve disobey? They disobeyed because of unbelief. Unbelief, listen to me, leads to disobedience. When you don't believe right, you are about to disobey. Oh, Lord. The unbelief was rooted, their unbelief was rooted in them either not knowing their true identity or not believing that they were who God said they were. (laughs) Uh, Their unbelief and subsequent disobedience was rooted in them not knowing or not believing that they were already blessed. They were created in the image and the likeness of God. They were already blessed. But their lack of knowledge or their choosing not to believe that they were already blessed or waiting for external things to confirm that they were already blessed made them, put them in a position of unbelief and therefore disobedience. And he opened the door for the curse. Does anybody hear me what I'm saying? When you are not established in the truth that you are already blessed, you are liable to unbelief and disobedience. And that unbelief and disobedience opens the door for the curse. The curse came in on the scene through unbelief and disobedience. Let me talk to you as much as I'm not a cosologist, but let me talk to you a little bit about the anatomy of the curse. The curse is not a naturally occurring entity. The curse is always the result of another action. (laughs) The curse is always a response to something. In Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 2, it says, As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. You see, there always has to be a cause for the curse. For a curse to be legitimate, it has to have a cause, something that's causing it. Adam and Eve's disobedience and unbelief caused the curse. There always has to be a cause for the curse. (laughs) 
so what Satan tries to do is he tries to use the occasion of unbelief, sin, and disobedience as cause to introduce the curse. Let me take it from another perspective. For the veracity of choice, there has to be the opportunity of an alternative. Are you hearing me what I'm saying? Choice has no meaning if there aren't options to choose from. This is why God had to make there to be the tree of the knowledge of good and evil in the garden so that there will be an option from which Adam and Eve could choose from. Because if they had no, nothing to choose from, then they didn't have choice. This was why. So therefore, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil uh, uh, was off limits, thereby creating the opportunity to choose to obey or not. The blessing of choice creates, listen, 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 this is deep, but if you grasp it, it will liberate you. The blessing of choice creates the opportunity for a curse. Just by its very nature, it creates an opportunity for a cross. curse. That wasn't the plan. He doesn't want to curse you, but for him to bless you indeed with the power to choose, the opportunity for a curse naturally comes into the picture. So the blessing creates the opportunity for the curse when we do not work, walk in the right relationship with the blessing. Whew. I, can't do, I can't finish it this morning. Join me first Wednesday in July. In pronouncing blessing upon Abraham, God says something profound. He says something. He says that you shall be a blessing, and he says, I will bless those that bless you, and I will curse him that curses you. Whew. This is heavy. Because in this, we see how the blessing can cause a curse. When I am blessed and walking in consciousness of my blessed status, I do not need to curse anybody. In fact, if I truly understand my blessed status and the spirit that I walk in, I don't go around cursing. I go around blessing. But guess what? I am so blessed that anyone that attempts to curse me God says, anyone that curses you, I will curse. So, my blessed status has created an opportunity for somebody to be cursed. Not because I'm cursing them, but rather because they are trying to curse me. <laughs> so, it's back to sender. Woo! Somebody shout back to sender, back to sender. Come on, I want you to declare it with faith right now. Whatever curse has been in your lineage, in your family, in your genealogy, now decree and declare as you get this liberating revelation, back to sender. Back to sender, back to sender. You see, <laughs> uh, if you bless me, you'll be blessed. If you curse me, you'll be cursed. If I bless you, I'll be blessed to be cursed. But that devil is a, a liar. Therefore, a wrong relationship with the blessing results in blessed because they had understood that the active agent that caused right to Jacob.
it was his right. Israel. And Israel. Israel were blessed. The nation of Israel is blessed. Whatever your feelings are, the midst of enemies and because of the blessing, the blessing. He went even and started to persecute the Israelites. But Israelites were so blessed uh, that it would be multiplied abroad and it would touch all the nations of the earth. Jump and come into the New Testament and then and it was going to be through this seed. Just be for the nation Israel, but it shall now extend. Forbids me to start to go through all the blessing through new birth in Christ Jesus. Is you are too blessed to be cursed. Ephesians chapter one number blessings in heavenly places. You are blessed. But my family. Has Beyond this age, but in my family, nobody gets married. Disease and that disease. You don't seem to. That if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creature. You are no longer of that family. You are now of the family of Christ. So I don't care what curse has existed in your family. It can no longer come down to you. The blessing is superior to the curse. There is no cause anymore because you are no longer in that line. You are outside that line. Oh. I know people say that the sins of the father will be, will, be, will be visited upon the children to the second and third and fourth generation. But the blessing of God doesn't stop at the fourth generation. It is unto a thousand generations. That's the blessing. I've come to decree and declare over your life. I don't care. You know some of you, you are so convinced by the negative things you've seen in your household, in your village, in your background, in your nation, that you're so convinced about the curse. Can I convince you this morning that the curse, the blessing is superior to the curse? I don't care how strong that witch doctor is. I don't care what your great-grandfather did, what sacrifice he made, what thing he cut in half. I don't care. The blessing of God is superior to the curse. I'm too blessed to be cursed. I'm too blessed to be cursed. It's time for us to walk in the consciousness of our already blessed status. We should walk around expecting the blessings because we are already blessed. You need to make up your mind. Are you blessed or are you cursed? Hill City, Mike, Sabrina, Aretha, I'm going to need your help soon. It's time to turn the tables around. You are too blessed to be cursed. <laughs> you are in a curse-free zone. Ooh, you don't understand what I'm saying. 
you are in a curse free zone. You see, you are so blessed that even when somebody attempts to curse you, no weapon fashioned or formed against you shall prosper. Uh, every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. Even when somebody attempts to curse you, as the curse comes into your zone, comes into your blessed zone, <laughs> either of two things happen, and sometimes both things happen. That which was meant to curse you ends up blessing you. But because God said he will curse who curses you, the curse also bounces back to wherever it came from. I came to tell somebody this Sunday morning, you are too blessed to be cursed. You are walking in a curse-free zone. No curse is allowed. No curse can operate in your space. My hands are blessed. Listen, I'm blessed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Everything around me, everything about me is blessed. I'm blessed with the knowledge of witty inventions. My eyes are blessed to see visions. My ears are blessed to hear good news. I am blessed. Do I have any blessed people under the sound of my voice? My heart is blessed to receive the revelation of the promises of God. I am blessed in and out, spirit, soul, and body. I am blessed. And it is still very much within order for us to decree and affirm the blessing. So whenever I say I bless you or I sing you are blessed, it's not because I doubt that you are already blessed. I'm simply reconfirming, reaffirming that which already is. I'm speaking it into manifestation in your life. And that's what we want to do this mid-year Thanksgiving Sunday. Um, so Hill City and our dear guests this morning, can I hand over to you as we sing the blessing?
be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children may his favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and the children and the children be upon you blessing of the Lord it maketh rich and it addeth no sorrow in the beginning he said he blessed them and he said be fruitful multiply fill the earth subdue it and have dominion I decree and declare that the blessing of dominion is coming in your life you are too blessed to be cursed you live and walk in a blessed zone, a cursed-free zone. Anyone that attempts to curse you shall be cursed. Anyone that blesses you shall be blessed. The blessing is upon you from generation to generation to generation. Amen and amen and amen and amen.
Lord, we are so grateful for your blessing, for our already blessed status in you. We thank you because every curse gives way to the blessing right now in Jesus' name. Ooh, thank you, Lord. You are blessed when you go out. You are blessed when you come in. You are blessed in your rising and in your lying down. You are all together, all round, always blessed. Woo! The blessing is upon you. Hallelujah. But that blessing comes by accepting Jesus. By choosing to come out from the curse and come fully into Christ Jesus. It's available. The price has been paid. There's no cause anymore. But you have to choose life. You have to choose the blessing. If you're out there and you want to surrender your life to Christ Jesus, this is your moment. This is your time. Just say these brief words, believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth after me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the price that you have paid, the sacrifice you made for me to be saved. Today, I repent of my sin. I believe with my heart. I confess with my mouth. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you. For if any man be in Christ Jesus, he's a new creation. Today, I am born again. I am blessed. Woo! If you pray that prayer, guess what? Indeed, you are saved, you are blessed, you are a new creation, and we are elated that you have joined us in the family of God. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. We want to help you to grow in the Lord, so please contact us by email on our website or direct message us on any of our social media platforms, and we'll get right beside you to help you grow in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this uplifting sermon from House on the Rock Church, the London Lighthouse. We hope you've been informed and inspired. Join us for services every Wednesday and Sunday. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at HOTR London. Also, live stream our services on YouTube at HOTR London. For more information, visit our website on hotr.org.uk.